All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Bring the Juice. Fire me up. We are in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, today on the pod, we have Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun, welcome to Bring the Juice. Thank you for being here today. Could not be more fired up. The energy is electric. We're through the roof. The vibes are immaculate. Uh, before we start, though, got a quick shout out to our friends at Coors Light, the premier beer, the premier nectar of the gods on both sides of the Mississippi. It doesn't matter the occasion, whether it's a baptism, funeral, marriage, um, tailgate day, women's basketball game, rec, volleyball league, post-game party. It does not matter. Coors Light is the beer, the liquid you need to be drinking when the cans have the mountains on it that are blue. It means it is cold. They're delicious at all times. I love Coors Light. You have Coors Light. Bring the juice. Loves Coors Light. Deshaun, you're a businessman. You're a businessman. Yeah. Real quick, played ball at Notre Dame. Tell me that experience. ND is different. ND is different. ND is different. ND isn't about trying to make it to the league. What, what, what makes that program elite? Because it is different. It's historic. It's, what makes it elite is, is the, the global scale that you're playing on. Fighting Irish. It's fighting Irish. If, you, if you're trying to compare quarterbacks to the, the amount of weight from, a, from, a, from a, a community of a fan base that's out there, and you're looking at all levels, mm-hmm. I would argue that Notre Dame falls into the top, probably top five. Of, of all time, all, of of all of all leagues that are out there, all teams that are out there. Obviously, you got the Cowboys, you got the Packers, you got probably the Jets because they're in a big market. Notre Dame starts to creep in there in terms of global scale. I mean, we go over to Ireland and we sell out a stadium like it's nothing. You know, this is Our Lady. This Did you ever go to Ireland? The church? I never went to Ireland, unfortunately. Damn. Right in between me, they just went out there this past year. I heard it was lit. It was lit. It was Damn. Lit. Yeah. You go to ND. You drafted to the Browns. Yep. Mindset-wise, going into a franchise that's not known for success, what was your approach going into it? It's uh, a great question. I, I wanted to I wanted to do something different. Sure, you know, that that team had seen twenty some quarterbacks before they got to me, Whatever. and I knew that if if I was going to be known for something in town, I don't know whether or not we're going to win or lose at the time when I first got there. But I want to be the guy that like everyone when I leave this town. Likes the you know the the DK that I was when I was there. I was I was from down the road. I was from Toledo, Ohio. So it was two right. and a half hours down the road. I was going home on on off days. I was doing all the holidays at home. So like I was I was trying to be the community guy as much as I was a quarterback. I played Toledo in college. Did you really? It was yeah. I'm not wasn't big on Toledo, man. It's, it's, it's definitely a uh, particular taste if you're going to make it to Toledo. You know what? The weird th- so like we didn't know who the fuck they were. I'm in Fresno. I don't. They don't know who the fuck we are. Maybe, but like. <laughs> Our scouting report, believe it or not, um, didn't have this guy on it. His name's Kareem Hunt. <laughs> and we're like, oh, yeah, they're big on their past game. Blah, blah. Dude, we for like 217. What year were you? I graduated high school in 2015. Okay. So I finished college. My last year was 2019. Toledo was nice during that time. They were like nice, nice. <laughs> that was their coming out game, bro. Yeah, yeah. First of all, away team. They were top 25 that year. They were like fucking 14. <laughs> I was, and we were like the second game of the year. Wow. And I remember that... One of our middle linebackers tried to fight our head coach at halftime. Said, nobody fucking likes you. And he was like, guys, just stay in it. We're down like 34 nothing. Does he I'm farm like, onions too? No, doesn't. Got it, got it, got it, he's, got it. he's different. Okay, okay. Um, but a unique experience with Toledo. Yeah. Back to the Browns. Yeah, absolutely. You have your you 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 go in, it's a tough situation. You understand the approach. 
at what point did you say, okay, hey, I need to turn a page after that that part of your life was over? Uh, was there a day? I guess I should say. Yeah, it was the day I got traded to Green Bay that okay. off season. So, yeah. So that during during that season, I think my biggest regret of that season is that there wasn't a day within that season I said that I would just say, fuck it, I'm just going to go play my ball. Right, right, right. I kept right. showing back up, trying to, you know, do what the coaches asked me to do, you know, yeah. which is a West Coast-style offense. It's, you know, uh, you know, running a bunch of inside zone and trying to run a play action off of that. It's all under center. And I just wanted to be that guy, you know. We, on third down, make sure you make a good pass. Other than that, you know, just make sure you're not turning the ball over. Right. And in doing so, kind of shrunk my game, tightened it all up, and, you know, didn't play the best ball. I never really said, fuck it, you know. Uh-huh. But then after that season, you know, I was, uh, honestly thought I was coming back. You know, it was only for, it was year one for me. I was day one starter. Yeah. Worst comes to worst, I go to a backup for a couple of years and do what Zach Wilson's doing now. But um, got the call about going to Green Bay, and I was like, wow. Like, that sure. is like, that's it's a different franchise. Completely different. I mean, I'm going from, I remember getting, I went out there in April for, or after I got uh, <laughs> traded, went out there in April for OTAs. And got to the parking lot and thought I parked in the wrong spot. I pull into my nice, you know, Ben CLS red seats. The Let them know. Rims. Let them know. Yeah, Let them know. Of course, that's what it was. Talk like your shit. Me. Yeah, I was. I was mad that that was the car that I could afford at the time in mm. Cleveland because everything else was a Rolls. And I'm a Chevy Silverado guy. Absolutely, so. I love that. I love that. Gritty. But, that, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I, that's what I thought the NFL was. You know, playing in Cleveland. That's that's what you know. That's what sure. the, that's what the parking lot looked like. I showed up to Green Bay and there was nothing but Silverados. A dog will hunt. Absolutely. You're showing that dog will hunt, baby. Some Cherokees, some Tahoes. If you're getting crazy, maybe a Denali. Now you actually got like the the big package. It's big money. And quickly realized that like what we were doing, maybe that was probably, you know, a part of the culture that that, that wasn't winning football games. Yeah. So that was like an easy, easy, easy reset. And then all of a sudden you're backing up, you know, one of the best to ever throw it. And you get to be a fly on the wall and one of the greatest careers of all time. That that all gets flushed pretty quickly. How was... And, 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 you know, being a pro, would if you had to pinpoint a guy who helped you become a pro, is it Aaron Rodgers? Sure. Yeah. yeah. A- any insight on, like, biggest change, biggest uh, coming to the light moment he, he gave you or, or just kind of a constant, you know, reassurance of whether it's as a pro, as a businessman, as, 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 as being healthy, whatever it might be. Yeah, it's the second we said there as a businessman. I, I the the thing that that changed forever for me when I got to to Green Bay was Aaron showed me that you didn't have to be an all ball all the time guy to be great. You know, I I was I was groomed and 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 pushed towards you got to be like Brett Favre, you got to be like Tom Brady, you got to show up, you know, first one in, last one out, and that's all still true. You still have to do all of that, but you don't have to, you know, go home and and only be focusing on football. You can go home and be probably one of the best Jeopardy players that that you know a professional sports team has ever seen, or a professional athlete has ever been in there. Yeah, a guy who's you know well versed in history, well versed yeah. in business, well versed in everything. And then all of a sudden, we we you, you realize that you know doesn't doesn't take you know all day every day of of just being a ball guy to to you know play at the highest level. Was there something? And I feel like in your NFL journey, you can get in this as much as you like, but as athletes. You know, I've talked to guys today, whether it's uh, getting cut multiple times, going through losses, going through different hardships personally in a family matter. Um, maybe it's an injury that sets you back a certain level, both personally of, hey, I'm hurt, but also another guy ahead of me is getting reps now and I'm going to lose my spot probably because it is a business. Yep. In those dark days, what did you turn back to 
as a rock, as a foundation to, to get you through and keep you pushing to chase greatness? I know the answer I want to say, but it's not it's not the truth. That what I really turned back to at that time was was you know friendships and camaraderie. I was playing video games. Right. So I, I was told you know that that in order to be a great quarterback, once again, and kind of point to the, the the revelation I had behind Aaron, is is I was told that the only way to be a great quarterback is to just be locked in on ball. So rather sure. than kind of opening up with you know, all the stuff I was doing at Notre Dame, starting businesses and, and taking internships and networking and getting coffees with, you Huge. know, right people. I was, you know, trying to play video games because that's what ball players did. Yeah, you know, yeah. Trying to, like, get myself in that world. And yeah. um, ultimately, I think that's probably why I'd never really, you know, had that bounce back moment that everyone looks forward to, like, you know, continue on for another 10 years after mm-hmm. a rough start. I wasn't, I wasn't being myself. I wasn't being authentic. I was being what my coach wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. At what point did you think you went, and, and I love how you just mentioned, because I preach this to college athletes now, you don't understand the money involved in college football, and not even money, the opportunity to network yeah. of people where uh, there's this small window where you're relevant and, quote-unquote, a big deal. Yeah. And these people, it's not you taking advantage of them, it's you utilizing your assets in a sense. Yeah. You're putting your life and soul into being the best Notre Dame football player you could possibly be. If you want to get coffee with the guy who supports the program and he might lead to an opportunity someday, that's business, man. That's a grown-up world at a younger age that you're utilizing, that you're smart enough to understand that maybe a guy five years down the line who was on these billboards that just wanted to play video games at that point didn't quite understand. But guess what? Now it doesn't matter because there's a next shiny toy. There's a next quarterback, running back, wide receiver at that point. And it's real quick to go from the, the, the hot shit on the block to old news. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when did you go from athlete to, I'm, I want to start making some business moves? When, when was your first big business move? I never went there. How okay. was that? That's, that's what I've always been. Uh, I, I would say, I, to answer your question, then I would say that when I went there was was uh, freshman year in high school. When I went, Freshman year of high school? Yeah, when I went to... 14, 15 years old. Yeah. I, uh, Fuck, I love that. I, 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 I have one too. I'll tell you off the camera. Okay. Though. I love it. <laughs> You'll love it. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, went from, from a, from an inner city school, public school to a, a Catholic school on a full ride. I was one of those athlete kids who mm-hmm. went to one of those schools and quickly realized that, you know, I always knew I wanted to get out of my circumstances. I was always, you know, told that sports would be my way to get out of those circumstances. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm at a school and looking at everybody whose parents are doing what I want to do one day. And it's all business. It's all finance. It's all, you know, uh, local franchises. Those are the people who have the golf carts and the country clubs and, you know, ordering food on magic numbers that that's, they call money. You know, that, that was that was where I was like, wow, I need to do what they're doing. Yeah. So rather than you saw it early, saw it early, and I just knew I I was I wasn't your typical athlete that was that was playing to be a professional athlete. Mm. I was playing to get the best degree I could. That was that was what I was told. That's how I was taught. That's how my dad coached me up. It was it was always every decision I made it was always based on am I working towards getting to a, a good degree? It wasn't working towards being a pro. I think that's a great plan. It is. It is. And you fall into being a pro if you're doing things the right way. Couldn't agree more because guess what? Football ends. Those same, and that, that's kind of my next question. The core principles that you develop to be a high level athlete, an NFL caliber quarterback, what would you say is the biggest principle that you've seen that you had as a Notre Dame quarterback, as an NFL quarterback that has carried over to your now business ventures? 
authentic, authentic communication. Okay. You, the, the bigger the locker room gets, the bigger the moment gets, the more you start finding the, the true authentic onion farmer mm-hmm. and the true authentic Miami-Dade County guy, the true authentic you know, Texas guy, because in order to be great, you've got to be yourself. You, you'll never make it being somebody else. You so, can't. So as you climb those, those locker rooms and you end up you know, at Notre Dame and then as a pro, you quickly realize that, that if you're going to be able to get ele- or 10 other guys in the huddle, you know, 20 other guys out in the field to, to believe in your word. Follow you in a battle. They're, exactly. They're, not, they're, they're, they're only going to want you to be fully you. And then you got to be able to communicate as you to, to multiple different personalities. That has been the number one trait that, that has helped me in business. It's because it's all, all everything is sales. Everything is sales. Everything is sales. You're selling me, I'm selling you. You're selling me. Absolutely. I'm sold. Absolutely. I'm sold as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take, take a hat with me on the way out. Fuck, better take five. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Yeah, God I'm damn. I'm in. I'm in. Mac. I'm in. So yeah, so so communicating, you know, to, right, right. Now, now it goes from, but now it goes from a game. It goes from like following you out in the field to I got you know an employee who just had a baby girl last year, right? You know, and she's one years old, and and it's my idea, my business, my vision. My, whether or not I wake up in the morning at four thirty or sleeping until ten, I don't have a coach, a GM, a president of a university. You don't got a structure. We got to show up at a certain time. You, it's no, on. It's, it's your on ass. Me. It's my, it's my business. Yep. I, I, he, has a, he has a baby girl. He, he's, yeah. he's counting on me to, to, to you know, feed his family. To feed his family. What would, so, okay, so let's get into the business aspect a little yep. bit here. Talk to me, Deshaun. What is your business slash businesses? List them off, go. It's, 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 it's you. It's more than simple. It's more than simple. I, I, I went fully into a, a tech business and I spent okay. all my time on it. So it's called One of None. We're an authentication platform for limited edition products. Okay. So uh, art, fashion, collectibles. Our mission is to help the brands and creators of limited edition products um, track those products throughout their entire life cycle. So what that means is, is today you buy a pair of you know Jordan sneakers, you buy sure. an Hermes bag, you buy a nice Rolex. Um, at retail, you typically you know experience that from the brand. You know it's authentic. You know it's a great product. Right. And then all of a sudden, you enter into this crazy flywheel of, of resale platforms: yep. StockX, Go, Real Real, the local sneaker plug, you know, Hot Kicks, wherever you want to go to go get those items in the secondary market. And that secondary market is currently growing at four times the retail market. I found that all out when I was with uh, Jordan Brand when I was at NFL. Uh-huh. Uh, I signed with uh, MJ's Footwear Brand and got deep into that and quickly realized that's that awesome. Yeah, it was, which is awesome. So, I, so, so signing that. with jo- Michael Jordan's shoe brand helped you kind of develop this this mind. It, it's the only any any intel as like as to what triggered you at that point in mind? We went to Monte Carlo, Monaco. It's a little. I heard it's crazy. It's the most luxury luxurious place I've ever been to in my life. So we were we were out there in 2019, and we had this little collaboration that our board. It's called a board of governors meeting. The athletes, the executives, the creative team. We all come together. We go to a destination location for Michael Jordan. Yeah, with MJ. Yeah. And, you know, MJ was there? Yeah, absolutely. You're playing, you're playing, you're, yeah. I mean, this is family. The, the yeah. Jordan brand is family. If right, you're right. in there, you're, you're a part of it. If you're out of there, you're not you got to play Jordan cards? You better not play cards. Uh, of course. <laughs> I mean, you play all night, you play all night long. Come Damn. on, playing family. Um, golf by day, you know, great dinners. But then you have this board of governors meeting. And while most people were there just looking to have a great time in Monte Carlo, me being the business mind that I was, that was like my that was my my Super Bowl. It's like holy shit! I get to sit down right now with MJ in the room, the the one of the biggest growing brands there is, and I get to listen to them tell me their story of what they're planning to do next year. Like this, this is this is like yeah, this is like the best internship you can. People would pay have. millions of dollars to be in that. Absolutely. Room. 
in, in 2019 in Monte Carlo and walks in Travis Scott. We're getting ready to do the Travis Scott collab that mm. was just being announced. And then right after Travis Scott was Kim Jones, the creative director of Dior, getting mm. ready to go do the Dior collaboration. And we just sit there having this crazy conversation about the storytelling, the marketing, how many pairs, where do we sell these? You know, does the same story that we tell in inner city Chicago that, that got us here, is that the same story that you can tell in Paris or in Milan? You know, how do you create an international uh, luxury brand if you're trying to grow internationally? How do you do that being Michael Jordan's, you know, streets of Chicago, of streets of, of North Carolina style business? Well, what they, what I, I thought was absolutely genius, they're like, well, we'll just go collab with the people who can get us in those places. Travis Scott is huge in Paris. Let's go do Travis Scott. Kim Jones is obviously a massive European market company. We do a collaboration with them. We penetrate with uh, this concept of driving demand through scarcity. We create a scarce product where people all want to get their hands on it. They stand in lines. And if they get their hands on it, great. They wear them for a little while. It's a prized possession. If they don't, they come and try to get the next one. People like to be exclusive. They love exclusive. Right so, now, in a world of abundance, that's all people want. They want to be able to tell a story, you know? Did you... Okay, so technically, is is your business, it's a sense of technology then? Is yeah, that correct? We're a tech company. We're boring. After that stuff, this is all sexy, but the actual tech itself is really boring. Right. And... Try to, can you connect the dots to me on like, yeah, yeah. how do you come in to make a profit off that? Perfect, perfect. So what we build is what we call an authentication cloud. Okay. So we're a cloud-based service where you are a brand, you're getting ready to go release a limited edition product. Sure. Uh, let's say I made, uh, I make one Bring the Juice perfect. This that's, is the first awesome. one. It's we should, sexy. We should, we should do this. That's, let's that's, do it. That's, let's do it. Fact. You started off with that one? It's one of my, yeah. it's one of my few. That's good. It's, my few. it's that's called good. the Diamond Edition. That's awesome. It's the Red Wave Edition. Bestseller right now. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Check that out. All right, continue. So we build an authentication cloud. You come to us, you're getting ready to launch a bunch of limited edition products next year. Let's call it, uh, you know, we're going to go do 10,000 of these hats. Sure. You know, 10,000. Absolutely. And you come to us, you put in all the information about the hat. Got it. The size, the make, the colorway, the the shape, the the under visor. The the back, the 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 clip, all of it. Got it. All the details. All the information, all the details. We take all of that and we create a digital ID that's associated to all that information. So all the content you could ever want about the product is there. From there, when a brand goes and launches this on, through their platform, so let's call it, you know, whether they have a Shopify website or they have their own e-commerce platform, they go launch it on their platform. And the collectors receive either an email or it's an integrated experience where they just receive a digital ID to their account. Okay. That says you now own item number, you know, 777 out of 10,000. Got it. You know, this, this one is yours. You're, you're now a part of this, this timeline. But then when you get there and you look at the digital ID, you start to see that this was manufactured in you know, 2012 at this manufacturing facility. It then got moved to this fulfillment center. You're seeing the entire life cycle the timeline. of the product, the got timeline it. of the good, until you get it at, at retail. Right. Now it's time, you know, you've purchased it, you have your digital ownership, that's your certificate, great. Now using our dashboard, our, our brands, who are our customers, the brands can now create engagement experiences off that digital ID. I'm going to give this guy early access on the next drop. I'm going to give this guy a 10% discount because he collected the last three of these. I'm going to show him an unreleased video that no one's ever seen of you know MJ wearing this exact colorway. All those stories that we're trying to tell at Jordan, let's now tell them through the product itself. And then it, when it, it's time to resell the product, you take that digital ID and you use it as your digital title to resell. So send me the physical back end to us, right. my business one of none. We authenticate it, grade it, store it for you. And then now we unlock that digital ID so you can take that digital ID and go sell the rights, the physical good that's with us 
by simply passing on a digital ID that represents it. So do I, so, okay, so is there two sides to this where me, I'm Frank, I own Bring the Juice, I made 10,000 hats, I come to you, I say to Sean, here's, here's 10,000 hats, I want to be in your cloud, mm-hmm. do it. Yep. It's going to increase the value, which is going to make you, you're going to get a little slice of that pie, Absolutely. and I'm going to make a profit off it because of the exclusivity, right? Absolutely. Or is there also the other side where, hey, I'm a consumer, I like exclusive shit, I want to apply and be a part of your cloud to see what exclusive shit is next on the market. Is there both sides of the spectrum, or is it only one? So we started off as, as a B2B2C model, so so business to business to customer, where Got we it. were a part of that customer experience. Right. But what we quickly realized is that the bigger brands that really have a resale problem, that really want to understand, because we're, we're the, the real value that we bring to a brand is understanding who that resale collector is. Got it. At Brand Jordan, this isn't this isn't word for word. Don't quote me on this, but like as, as sitting down at that board of governors meeting, they have none of these guys have no idea out of those twenty thousand pairs of Travis Scott low ones at one hundred seventy five bucks, what percent of those are getting flipped to StockX or taken to the local I, I know guys store. who have flipped them. Absolutely. They yeah. somehow, some way, no one in the world can get them. They have a whole freaking living room full of boxes and boxes I've seen that, it, yeah. know, that they go ship out. How do, how do we as a brand understand that? How do we understand right. our true demand? How do we know if that customer, if that product was actually collectible? It's all being flipped in a secondary market. And that's where all the value is. I mean, right. Those Travis Scott Lowe's this is this this is how the numbers work out in those Travis Scott lows. Are you wearing them? Roughly, I'm not. I wish I was. <laughs> These are dope too. No photos. Those are, those are pretty collectible as well. Yeah, I'm gonna. I gotta get some cool shoes. You should. You should for sure. Got some. For sure. For sure. Got some. For sure. Don't look at my shoes right now. So let, let's say <laughs> roughly twenty thousand pairs is what is estimated of those Travis Scott low ones that went wow. out. In year one, and they they marked those up to 175 bucks. Sure. A typical pair of Jays is 100, maybe 110. Okay. In year one. That twenty thousand, or sorry, at the retail of that of that sneaker, twenty thousand times one hundred seventy-five, three and a half million dollars at retail. Right. On StockX, just one platform alone, in the first year after launch, that sneaker did twenty-six and a half million dollars in resale revenue. So what's that per pair at that point? So. Five. You do the division yeah, on onion farm. That's shit. Like, no I know all these, man. I ain't a, a fucking mathematician, bro. <laughs> no I, know, I know pounds and fucking shit like that. Uh, 175. Whatever. Forget 20, it. We got a math guy. Three but and a half. Three and a half. It's more. Put it that way. It's more. It's, uh, so yeah, all that being said, there's that's where the value lies, right? So, so right. as a brand, so we, we give you a digital ID. That digital ID every on every one of those resale transactions. You as a brand can elect to get a resale royalty that allows you to participate in that secondary market. And, but but you you charge a fee. We or, charge a fee. Okay, so that's yeah, how you. Charge, I'm wondering how SaaS, you make SaaS, money off it. We're SaaS. Okay. We're, we're a cloud company, just like any other tech company. You're sure. paying us based on how many products that we're tracking for you on the ecosystem. Scalable. Scalable. Venture. Yeah. Tech, and you could do you could do art. Bring the juice hats. Mona Lisa's. Uh, Max Alabama collection oh, of jerseys. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. You you you're you're kind of a like, hey, get in where you fit in. But we could kind of make it work. What's the weirdest thing you've had approached you so far? Uh, CT scans. Someone's looking to create a resale marketplace, a certified resale marketplace for used, you know, big bulky MRI imaging machines. Like it's a crazy market. You look at the numbers; it's nuts. These, these, when you say used, is it like used to the point where like a hospital can't use it anymore? No, no, that's the thing. So hospitals can use it. So what happens is, is they, they, these new hospitals spin up. Mm-hmm. They go and they say, "We want a dozen, you know, one million dollar X-ray machines." That that's right when they start their their uh, construction of their hospital. By the time they close, they never close in all twelve. They end they end up at a point where they can either 
lose their down payment on it, which would be like, you know, 40,000 bucks, 50,000 bucks, or they have to go spend for the extra, you know, MRI machines. Now here's these brand new machines that have to find a new home. And there's just a massive black market for parting them out, putting fake parts in, yeah. you know, trying to sell it to the local, you know, clinic that is trying to cheap, you know, cheap you out. They have no idea whether it works and ends up falling apart. Warranties yeah. start to go to shit. So it just becomes a, a resale marketplace for that. But that's that's where I spend all my time. Like this, this is what I geek out over. After, you're, after you're, that Jordan brand experience, now all I care about is like learning how things turn in the secondary. Do they do they appreciate? Do they depreciate? Right. Do is there is there a turnoff yeah. in there of like, let's say Obviously, the inner athlete in you. Yeah. If uh, Revo Speeds became something yep. approached towards you, yep. that would be like, oh shit! I used to wear Revo Speeds sophomore year high school. Like, yep. it, it's more insightful versus like uh, Kentucky crossword puzzles. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. not as exciting necessarily. Like, is there some shit where you're like, that's not scalable? We don't want to even take that on versus, okay, I can see the value in it. Like, do you say no ever? Oh, say, say no a bunch, but but the, the reason of saying no isn't because of my expertise in this space. Mm. If I was responsible for the consumer, mm. then that would matter. Then I need to understand who the Kentucky crossword you know, person is, but right. I'm I'm just the, the it's B2B no skin SaaS. off your back. Exactly. It's if, no skin if off there's your a back. If, if there's another guy out there doing you know podcasts right now and trying to sell those crosswords in the secondary market, that's, that's on him. Here's, here's our technology. Go do yeah. Go do right. what you got to do. You set it up to where it's no skin off your back, whether it hits or not. You either you, you're the in it or not. Yeah. How, how many how many items I guess would you like, like like how many do you have right now? We're sitting at, I don't know, we, we beta tested and have maybe anywhere from just under 10,000 items that we've... That we've Still a shit ton. Oh, absolutely. No, this these we started off very limited edition. You know, this is right. like one of ones. 10,000 items. Fives. That's not 10,000 items. That's 10,000 different items. That's, that's just, yeah. 10,000 items, items, 10, items around different our ecosystem. different bring the juice hats? Yeah, exactly. Got I, it. Items around our, in, our, in our ecosystem and, and under our cloud. Wow. What's the goal? The goal is that I, I believe that in the next... It used to be say a decade, but I think it's probably less than that. I think in the next like six years, you you every product that you'll have will have some sort of a digital counterpart. Whether it's a QR tag in your in your collar that you go and tap to learn where to go recycle it at, or a full-on digital ID that has a bunch of information and engagement, everything will have some sort of a digital, you know, experience associated to it. We interrupt this episode for a quick word from our friends at PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com forward slash juice. That's right, prizepix.com forward slash juice for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, they offer a reboot policy so that if your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half, it is not returned in the second. That player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance policy. Now, if you want to play alongside with some of PrizePix's favorite players, like rapper Meek Mill, yeah, Dreams and Nightmares, Meek Mill, and comedian Andrew Schultz, well, you can. You can find community plays under the promos tab of the PrizePix app to view entries from some of the biggest names in PrizePix community each week. Bring the juice. We're about to have our own community soon enough. Just keep on going. Keep on winning with us with PrizePix. Be sure to go to prizepix.com forward slash juice. Yes, that's code juice for a first deposit match up to $100. And now, back to the episode. Have you ever seen the movie In Time? 
I'm not seeing it. It's just kind of like Justin Timberlake's in it, right? And there is no currency. Currency is time. So like you go to buy a cup of coffee, you don't pay $4.95. You pay 15 minutes. You don't get you don't get like your paycheck, you get uh three months. Justin Timberlake was in this I, it's, movie. it's not that good of a movie. It's not that good of a movie. It's kind of a shitty movie. It's one of those like like long airplane movies. You're like, fuck, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or like late night hotel, and you're just like, yeah. Yeah. I guess it's kind of irritating. I'll finish yeah. it, right? Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. And then, but ultimately, I don't want to ruin it, but they end up playing like poker and they put like all in, which if you lose, you die. die. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. Watch it. Oh, can you, can you, can you take on other people's Yes, oh, yes. Wow. So like, let's say we went out to dinner and I paid for it. I would, you, I would Venmo request you like 45 minutes. Off your life, but only to yours. Which only is to nuts. me. Only to me. Yeah, but, so, but you get forty-five minutes. I get forty-five more minutes to your yours. That's yeah, nuts. yeah. That's like nuts. I don't know. I, I don't think we're going to get to that point. I think. I think we got to bring God back into the equation yeah, here because we yeah, are human yeah, beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. There's a lot of technology coming up. A lot of things happening. That sounds like it's reasonable in our day and age, especially the more like AI and the Chat GPT and all that's becoming more of a thing. Um, and I do, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, we're in the, talking about onion farmers. Onion farmers, you know, a lot of people think it's hillbillies out there with a couple of onions smell like, like funions. But at the same time, like, it's a business where our commodity is just an edible product of onions. Yep. And I've learned a lot about the onion side, QR codes, barcodes, lot numbers. Yep. Everyone wants to track, especially in the produce industry right now, where if there's some sort of a sickness or illness that breaks out an infection, they want to know whose farm did that come from? Why did it happen? When did it happen? And 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 who's responsible basically, right? Yep, yep. So you need to, one, you got to make sure you have your ducks in a row to cover your ass on it. Um, and I think that's big now. Like every onion, you could track every onion right now if you really wanted to. Yep. If you really wanted to. Yep. Nobody wants to because they just take it, they slice it, they put it in their tacos or on their sandwich or yeah, their salad, yeah, right? Yeah. But I think it's going to become more common, like you said, for 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 the younger, um, not younger, but like more common things and the bigger things. People like exclusive shit, yeah. and I think anything that has a story definitely, you know, it 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 holds weight, holds value at this point. Yeah, at some point in time here, I think that the, there's going to be a big focus on. Humans wanting to to actually focus on longevity, on living right. longer. We keep talking about it. We keep thinking it's going to come, but then we still love to go grab. I just grabbed Wendy's on the way here in between right. fire. You know, yeah. yeah. Been, I, I don't know if you noticed, but I've been like wiping my face just to make yeah. sure there's nothing still there on the you're way good. in. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, so like, we're still doing that. So we're not really like really focused on you know yeah. longevity. But when we do get there, I think the main question is, where's your food coming from? You know, <sighs> Fresno, how, California. You're getting your onions too that, that much. I love that. No, but is, I, is I'm it like with a you. big? Is this like a big huge? Is this, agriculture. A, this is a known thing, not agriculture, but actually onions. Is no. onions like a thing? No, no. just just you guys. Just a, my family's okay. biggest onion farmers in 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 the area. Wow. wow. So our area is the biggest agriculture producing area in the world. We have this thing called the Farm Show. Nobody really knows about it because it's California. They think yeah. beaches, San Francisco, yeah. LA. Huge part of the middle. It's only agriculture, yeah. and it's not. It's it's a little different than like Iowa, Nebraska, where it's not just corn, like. It's row crops. All your tomato for your ketchup comes there. All your fresh tomatoes come there. Every pistachio, every almond, uh, a lot of onions, a lot of carrots, a lot of, I mean, raisins, wine grapes. Like 
all right there. And ain't going wrong. We got some stuff. We got there's some stuff we don't got, but per capita, per acre, it's not even close. It's somewhere, it's somewhere in the world. So one of my good friends is a farmer up in up in Bowling Green, Kentucky, just north of here. And yeah. I, I started. I always ask him questions. I'd love learning about it. It's just like such a such a simple business model, but like it's it's. So scalable, I guess scalable is tough with hands, but but it's just like it's something that you can you buy more land, you keep doing what you're doing. But I quickly learned that you have to do kind of like a, a cycle, a rotation of different, cycle. Of, of different rotational plants, crops. Know, you, exactly, yep. you go from corn, then you go to soybeans, and then you go to maybe cabbage, and then back cauliflower, blah blah blah. Yep. Yeah, because it, it does something to the soil. You guys got to do that yep. with your onions. Yep. It's, so called, you guys it's just called same a, dirt, same onion. No, nope, called a rotational crop. Okay. So we rotate. So if we had four plots right here, we'd go onions. Let's say there's onions, tomato, nothing, and then like a barley. And we we just kind of would do a grid. Maybe it zigzags every once in a while. Got it. Um, for us, we have a real big issue in water right now as of course, well. Of course. Water, labor, everything's more expensive. I don't know. What's gas out here right now? Got a Tesla. <laughs> Ga- gas, gas in California is like six fifty. Yeah, that's nuts. It's fucking crazy. Nuts. It's stupid. I uh, can I ask can I ask you sure. probably a b- bit of a personal question? Sure. You guys speak English on your farm? I am the only one that speaks English on my farm. Everyone else is from Mexico. I took Spanish in high school. Yep. I am in charge of 400 people, and I don't speak Spanish. I make it work. Yep. I speak Spanglish. Yep. We make it work. I use a lot of hand signals. Um, I've done very well because of it, but no. And honestly, you know what's crazy, too? And it's like, I don't want to call it depressing at all, but... These are I don't have any coworkers. Yep. These are my coworkers. Yep. It's my mom and my dad, my grandfather, my aunt, my uncle. I'm the oldest son. My two brothers are playing college football. My sister actually is having her ribbon cutting for her dog grooming hotel. Let's go. And she just graduated from College Station at, at Texas A&M. Let's go. And super fucking proud In Fresno? of her. At College Station, she's doing it. Oh, in College Station, she went wow. to Texas A&M, graduated, got a loan from the Commerce of College Station. Wow, fucking balling! Ribbon cuttings, November fourteenth. Mac, if you want to come, you can come. What's whatever. the name? Barks and Rec. <laughs> You're kidding, dude! I gotta give her props, man. She's killing it. But I'm the oldest son, and like I'm involved in this. I got friends killing it in real estate, uh, selling fertilizer, running parts of factories, running for office in certain areas. Great group of dudes. A lot of dudes in the league still. And I'm like, I go to work. I mean, I have no work friends. I got married in April. Didn't have one person from my job. I work 14-hour days. Shitty. Shitty. But it's okay. Nobody, I got no personal, there is no, let's go get a beer after work. I got none of that. It's part of that's part of the agricultural realm in the Central Valley for row crops. Yeah, but 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 the the beauty is is that your trade off is that you get to live slow. You're, oh, you're it's di- fast, brother. <sighs> no, I mean, no, you no. You gotta be where your feet are at. I mean, because there's, there's not there's fast. not much, there's, but there's not much change. You go back right now, and there's you know up at about 995 percent of what you left behind is is still sitting there in the same exact spot that you left it like in 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 comparison to in a a, you know tech entrepreneur sure like i i i I envy you because i i i i look forward to the slow life one day because like i know i'm taking time off because i'm doing those same 14 hours but damn am i just stressed the entire time like while you on the other hand it's like you know you're turning left 
I would say going 12 miles an hour these days. I would say the biggest aspect that you don't have that farmers do have is mother nature. Interesting. So predictable. Hear me out about this. I don't know how much of a man of God you are. Mm-hmm. I am because of my athletic career, as well as I grew up seeing my father stress about a bad rainfall, a non-rainfall, mm-hmm. no water. And it's one of the few industries in the world where if God doesn't do something, you're fucked. And we've been that on both ends of that spectrum. <laughs> that, that, is, whoa, whoa, whoa. That, that, is, that is a powerful line. It's the truth. I've seen guys go out line. of business because of it. I've seen guys strike oil because of it. Wow. If you, do, if, if, if you need water and there is no rain, guys will go out of business. It happens regularly. If you get water and you now you have it, and you have this rain at the right time, your business will 2x in the right year. Wow. That aspect is it's it's it, it's it's the element you can't quite control. The onion market, 50 pound sack of onions, maybe it's $10 today. If there's a if there's a fucking storm in Washington, it'll go from $10, you'll get 15 people to call you in five minutes, all of a sudden it's $12 if you want to raise it. How do you track that? Just on the phone. Just hey, 12 miles, deals. guess what, brother? 12 miles an hour goes real fast out here on the west side. <laughs> 12 miles an hour goes real fast in a rocket ship. <laughs> so what I'm saying is it might seem like simple folk, but at the same time, I'm telling you, you see Wolf of Wall Street? Yep. It's that fucking opening scene. No way. Motherfucker this, shit that, everything. Fuck that. We'll hang up. We'll hang up the calls. We'll Can hang I, up the calls I, and go like this. Just shot, we'll go like this. We'll look at each other and go, what the fuck's happening? Because guess what? That 50-pound sack of onions, you got a calculator. We're not math guys, but you went to Notre Dame. I didn't. $10 per sack, if you're bringing out 100,000 sacks a day versus $12 per sack, 100,000 sacks a day. That's some fuck, that's some, that's some cha-chain. And guess what? It's, it's, you could, I'm not, you could leave look, it on I'm, the table. I'm not, I, I say this all in like in more of like an envious way. Like no, I, no, I, I no. love it, but I, I I I appreciate you making me put some respect on, on onion farming. I, I, I get and, it. And I, I'm not just I saying onion farming. I'm saying in farming in general, there and there's certain commodities like pistachios. They're gonna say pistachios is two dollars a pound. Okay, so you farm it. However many pounds you get. That's 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 how much you get fucking. Paid. Is there like a wire? Like, how do you? Is yeah. it, or is that simply just on the phone? My buddy says two. I'm saying two fifty. I don't know what the hell else is out there. Is. And so onions is that way. Wow. It's the fucking wolf of Wall Street. It's the stock market. I'm so, not so kidding. So you, can you be a better onion farmer just by simply being a better salesman? Sean, we're the best in the world. We are the Louis Vuitton of onions. Is I'm not be, kidding. But is it because? But my question is: it because is it because of the, the juice? Is it because of the product? Or is because, it because of the sales? It's because if it's of the Wilson product. If it's Wilson Wall Street, it's because like, of you, the product. Okay. It's always because of the product. Okay. And I will say this: when they had to get in, when my because I'm 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 third generation. Mm-hmm. I grew up on this thing when it was 20 acres. It's a lot more than that now. Mm-hmm. And when you go from how do you get your foot in the door era to you fucking set the price era. Yeah. A lot of shit changes. Yeah. They developed this mindset of we're gonna spend more money on the inputs. Sure. Okay, we're gonna spend more money on labor. Mm-hmm. We're gonna spend more money on quality. We're gonna spend more money on making it to where it's easy on the receiving end. Mm-hmm. You buy it's like buying a Louis Vuitton purse. I don't know if you ever had somebody in your life who likes nice things, who likes to buy Louis Vuitton purses. I'm not an onion farmer, I don't have that, but yeah. 
Point is, when you like nice <laughs> shit, whether it's some Jays, whatever it might be, some Travis Scotts, you know when you buy a nice pair of Travis Scotts, that stitching better be fucking great. Yeah, absolutely. The laces better be crispy. Absolutely. If the color's off, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. Yeah. You don't gotta think twice. You paid enough, it better be right. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Onions, it's kind of a little bit of a tear. It's like, do you wanna go shop at a Ross or do you wanna go shop at the Nike main store in Chicago, yeah. right? Yeah. And we've realized if you put a little more money in and making it to where, yes, you're paying a premium for our onions, but you're getting a perfect product, you're going to be happier on the back end. Because a grocery store guy, I'm grocery store guy A, right? Yeah. I take our onions out, I put them on the shelf, they're perfect, 100%. Yeah. They're more expensive. I'm grocery store shop B. I take competitors' onions out, put them on, I need to pay guy who works at grocery store 18 bucks an hour, 15 bucks an hour, whatever the fuck it is, mm -hmm. to go through all the onions. He doesn't know shit. Throw out the bad ones, keep the good ones. It might be a, a hundred onions in there, and I'm losing 20 of them. I'm losing 20% of that, my is that, money. Is that, is that default rate typically about, about 20? Okay. So we put the extra 20% in on the front end. Yeah. We charge it. We just put it in our pocket. And we learn how to be efficient off the whole thing. Mm. Not saying we fucking recreated the wheel at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying my family has developed a success rate off quality. And in row crops, meaning tomatoes, meaning onions, meaning vines, yeah. meaning carrots, like you could have a competitive advantage in that sense. But to your 12 mile an hour point, dude, it's it's fast. It's fast because you're battling mother nature yeah. and the market fluctuates dollars at a time at an insane scale. Yeah. And you and you don't realize that at the time because it's going so fast where it's like $20 a sack versus $10 a sack. Ah, you know, it's just for the day. Oh, well, you piece 10 days together. It's a million sacks of money. You're missing out on a million dollars all of a sudden. Is, is, is there, that scalable? It's you. crazy. I get you. That's, that's awesome. I, I, I love this. Is there much innovation? Like what, what, what if, if I came here, if I came today, and without any specific knowledge, and I, sure. I show back up five years from now, and we're in, you know, rotation happened, we're going back to onions right. five years from now, I come back, you're, you're harvesting at the same exact time. Does the process change? Like, how, how much, how are People, you, is there, are there new, are there new, new, new uh, machines? tractors, machines? Yeah, the whole so line? the big thing right now, everyone's trying to get away from labor and go strictly to mechanical harvesting. Got right? And there's some, there's a lot of crops where you can. Onions is one where you just quite can't get it done. Why is that? Have you ever seen an onion be grown? No, I have no idea, honestly. I'll send you some pictures. But yeah. Pretty much, Mac, you too. You're going to take a tour. <laughs> School of hard knocks, brother. But essentially, an onion's in the ground, and a root's coming out, okay? Yep. It's, it's a giant stem. Imagine I, I, like I imagine that. Right, yep, right, right. Yep, yep, but yep. it's in the ground. Yep. So if I'm, and there's, usually it's like a 60-inch bed, 50-inch bed, so it's about this wide. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight onions in a row, yeah. and they go all the way down. Yeah. Perspective. We, my family, we grow enough onions to where if you put them all in a line, boom, 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 mm -hmm. it could go around the earth four times. Holy it's a lot of onions, yeah. right? It's yeah. a scalable, it's a scalable thing. It's yeah. not, it's it's not like a little garden. It's yeah. it's a good operation. How many acres? Not enough, too many. Okay. Never tell someone how many fucking acres you grow. <laughs> Mac. But I uh point is you can't quite get it perfect there's roots and there's stems you want to cut them perfectly and some people take the short route 
where guess what? They go and they use the mechanical, but we're charging $20, they're charging 10. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't pay off. And those machines to harvest them, they cost fucking $1.2 million. Wow. Mentally, not mentally, on paper, yeah. mathematically, yeah. that ain't gonna, well, you take right. three years to pay off this machine, that guess what? When it doesn't work, you gotta hire people to go out and do the work for the machine anyways. It's not quite worth it. I don't want to give away all our secrets by now, but no, no, I, I will you, I say you. it. Details matter. I guess if you could get anything out of it, details matter. A lot of shit happens. If you ever wanted to come see it, Mac, you too. Come, oh, I'm in. I, I'm, come, I spent a lot of time. Come to the golf I tournament. To. I would love to. And and seriously, like I, because it's a di- it is a different world. And, I, and again, I take no disrespect to it because a lot of people don't. They don't really, you don't really know until you know. Yeah. Like anything. I don't know about you know your your business until I, I hear it and see it and explain it. And like I think that's one of the cool things about you know the podcast game now and the, the radio game and the social media side where you could watch this fucking YouTube video and learn about two psycholy different industries as well as some football experience in what 45 minutes? What's the end game? For me, yeah. Bring the juice or onions? For onions, bring the juice. I I I, I trust in this. That this would be fine. Or is or is the end game bring the juice and it's not onions? Uh, I'd say full transparency. I grew up on this onion farm. My dad played football at Fresno State. He didn't play his last season because my grandfather needed help with the onions. Not making excuses is the thing he did. Yep. He has no regrets. Yep. It's a very successful business. Do you ever eat at Subway? If you eat at Subway from the months of May to November in North America, you're eating our onions. Your onions. Our onions. Yeah. Sweet D. They're called Sweet D onions. Sweet D onions. What, Mac? <laughs> Walmart, same story. We have some good customers. And I give credits to my mom, my dad, my grandfather, my uncle, my aunt. I was the youngest one. They also have 14 grandkids, okay? I knew my whole life that's what I wanted to do. I had two goals. Play football for Fresno State, farm onions. Things are going pretty good. In the midst of that, I started this bring the juice thing. I'm going to let the good times roll. I want to go to the fucking top. I want to be, I want to be, you know, Joe Rogan's on a different wave. I want to be a hybrid between Pat McAfee, Scott Van Pelt, you know, the busting with the boys guys. Um, I am athlete, and I want to be the guy who can take your story of a professional football player who's now a businessman and make your story relevant to the fucking accountant, mom, dad, business owner, thinking about business owner over here. Because your mentalities of chasing greatness aren't that different. If I could be that bridge while having some Coors Lights along the way, (laughs) let me be that bridge. I'm going to let the good times roll. But the onion side, I think for me, scalability-wise, we're pretty close to being as as big as you can get operationally. Well, for me, it's how can you make your profit margins as as competitive as possible. Yep. And my last name's connected to it. Yep. It's Delana Farms. It's my yep. last name, Delana Farms. Sweet D, Mac, and I have pride where, you know, it's going to get passed down to me. I want to be sitting in my grandfather's shoes someday. And let my grandkid have the opportunity to fucking come up and take it. It's a legacy thing. And maybe that's small town thinking. No. It's scalable. It's profitable. You could get more commodities to come in. But it's an honest living. It's what we've learned. And I think if you could be really good at one thing, it could be an asset to you. And uh, obviously, there's more customers. There's more acreage out there. Mm -hmm. 
how can you maybe invest in other crops, long-term crops, pistachios, almonds, things of that nature. But it's it's a long-term play, man. It's a fucking long-term play, which sucks because we live in a world, get rich quick. Everyone wants to get rich quick. Right. Everyone wants it. So much easier said than done. The onions, though, it's not my baby. That's what I, that's my answer. It's not my baby. I said it's my dad. Yeah. It's not my baby. Yeah. You started this. Yeah. You had a vision. Yeah. I grew up in it. Yeah. But I didn't come up with it off my dome and make it into fruition. Bring the juice. It came out of fucking thin air, man. It's from my mom and dad's basement. Like, fuck it. Let's ride. Let's see yeah. what we can do. Yeah. It's good things going. Yeah. So because I have so much loyalty and passion for my family, like that inner country boy in me, if you will. I want to make it as scale as scalable as possible. I think it's a very vertical business. And we've done a great job of that. We grow our onions, we package our onions, we nice. sell our onions. Nice. I think the next who do you who do you sell to? Just to understand the business model, is it is that is that going directly distributors and then they find the grocery the groceries for the Both. most part? Okay. Both. It right. depends how big the grocery store chain is. It. But but if if it if it do you do any just like hand-to-hand into yeah. the group? Okay, cool. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. it depends. It, it's got to be worth our while, of got course. Um, but we're, but we're, we're good. We started with that. So, like we, you know, you scale. Yep. Um, I would say how vertical can you get? Do you want to get into the frozen onions that are available at Costco in like the giant packages? Yep. Do you want to get into diced onions that you see at Whole Foods? Yep. Do you want to uh, create onions? Do you want to yep. create onion powder? You want to create your own freight company, so you're saving money on freight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your own seeds. You don't got to buy seed. Do you want like? There's so much shit you can do. You could become God. And I think I've seen they're slowly chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at it. And it's like, how can I be that breakthrough? And I and I do. So we also farm pistachios. Oh, I got the shrunk. American pistachios is one of our biggest sponsors. Shout out to APG, but. Um, that whole industry is monopolized. And I don't want to be like the guy who's, you know, Colonel Sanders out here trying to steal the fried chicken industry. But like, I want, dude, if you could fucking monopolize an industry, do it. And I don't think we'll monopolize the onion industry ever. That's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. But let's, let's hold it by the balls. Yeah. You know, yeah. let's hang on to it as much as we can. Let's do what we can. Let's, Let's make it to where from the months of May to Thanksgiving, you're buying sweet new onions. Yep. And, uh, you know, that comes to down to utilizing your strengths and strengthening your weaknesses, to yep. be honest. Yep. Yeah, which you can relate to, I feel like. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate that story. No, of so course. What is, so, so with Bring the Juice, sure. t- time spent, you know, Monday, Monday to Friday, yeah. Are you are you you're wow. you're young's ninety ninety percent of the time, eighty percent of the time, fifty percent of the time? I travel an hour and a half to work every morning and an hour and a half back. I wake up at one on your own property? One no, not at all. My cities away. Okay, okay. Uh it's a uh yeah, I usually during harvest I have to be there at three AM. I wake up at one seventeen from May to about like September twentieth. And that's my grind. And I'm done at about 4 p.m. And I got an hour, hour and a half drive back every day. It's a bitch. Oh. Um, but I would say, you know, bring the juice. I've got it to the point now where I have a great team. They help me out. They, they dice up 
my social medias, they create my clips, all that. My biggest time consumption is right now, right here. It's us finding a time that we can both do with my video team that they can both do. We can all three of us do the trifecta. We sit down, we we have a, a fire-ass pot. And if you were in Fresno, I'd make you a drink. I'd give you some appetizer. I'd give you some hats. You get the you get massaged out, but whatever the fuck you want, Deshaun. <laughs> I take care of my guys and my team really does everything else because I know I want to emphasize my strengths. My strengths aren't dicing things up. My strengths are understanding like, hey, I can understand and relate to a guy who played at fucking Notre Dame was in the NFL and drafted second round. Like, I don't feel any sense of, uh, oh no, I'm nervous because of this necessarily. Like, you bleed like I bleed. You put your pants on the same way. And that's not me being like, you know, macho. That's just like, I understand. Like, people are human beings. And I've I've been put in situations, I'm sure like yourself, where, you know, people act like you're Superman, that you're you're the devil for fucking fucking something up. And it's like, fuck you, man. I'm a human being. I I, I got feelings too. Not that I have some sensitive pussy either, though. <laughs> Don't get that twisted. But it's like kind of that in-between of, yeah, I'm a grown-ass man, but yeah, I, I I feel some type of way about this type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And how old are you? Tw- like 20-something? 27. Okay, I'm 26 years old. I'm chasing greatness. I'm yeah. trying to be great yeah. in any aspect I can be. Yeah, same here. And if I get to spend an hour chopping it up about this on a microphone and on cameras, and I feel like I learned something from you today so far. I don't know if you learned anything from me, but like my perspective's grown. I've learned more about, you know, your life one of the thousand people listening to this is going to fucking utilize it and listen and tap in and engage and yep. network. Yep. And ultimately, it's a fucking ripple effect. Iron sharpens iron day after day. Just keep the good times rolling. Yep. And eventually, something's going to hit. Yep. I, I, that's just kind of the way I go. I love it, man. So what's your pod story? Because I, I know you just started the Playing Business podcast. I did. I yeah. did. So I... Uh... You know, I spent I, this conversation we're having right sure. now is my conversation with everyone. Good. Like, this is me. This is what I do. This is what I talk yeah. about. You know, I, I love business. I love I, I love ideating. I love whiteboard sessions. I love poking yes. holes and shit. And, yes. and hopefully turning something out. That's great. Um, so, I, you know, those conversations I was having in the locker room or at dinner or, you know, on a, on a, on a plane traveling somewhere. I went to my buddy, uh, Dan, who's the chairman and former CEO of founder of Code and Theory, which is one of the biggest digital first uh, uh, advertising agencies, creative agencies that mm-hmm. are out there. Um, and so, hey, I, let's, let's go have this conversation with, with people who are doing it at the highest level. Yeah. So whether it's, once again, Conrad Anker, who has built a bunch of brands and sold them all to North Face, or Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, plays for the Nets and started a, a really successful uh, uh, social marketplace for influencers and creators. Right. Or today we're talking to Allie Wagner, who's now the one of the uh, she's on a board and uh, co-chairs a board for um, the the new um, uh, women's professional soccer team that's going into the the, the uh, Bay Area. So just cool. having having all those conversations and talking at the highest level, chopping it up the same way, trying yeah. to dig in a little bit, learn about of the course. business, and just be curious, man. Keep learning. You have to absolutely. Well, I think everything's about perspective too, and like. Tell me about your like experience, because I and you went to Notre Dame, so you're above me educationally from a merit perspective. Like, 
I didn't read in college. <laughs> Is that crazy? <laughs> like, I really, I, I was so focused on ball yep. and getting good grades. I didn't, I didn't leisurely read. Yep. Um, even in high school, not really. And then when I finished my stint of training with the Team USA bobsled team, I was like, okay, I need to, I have these long drives. I need to listen to something. I listen to podcasts and all that. I got big on audiobooks. And then I read these audiobooks and I was like, I'm going to, I'm sorry, I listened to these audiobooks. I want to read them too. Do you, did you ever hit a point or did you have a certain book, something that you reference as kind of a, uh, I don't want to call it a guide, but a little something where you're like, hey man, I really fuck with Rich Dad Poor Dad or yeah. the mindset of the seven habits or uh, maybe a Navy SEAL approach of like extreme ownership. Yeah, I, um, Honestly, nothing that I like, like really hang my hat on from like an early on got recommended right. this thing and I went with it. But more recently, the Fifty Cent book, hustle, okay. hustle harder, hustle smarter. Yeah, I would. No, I'm not like your guy who's like die hard Fifty Cent or, or even right. understood how big of a mogul he was. And that book is special. Really, it's absolutely special. It's just, it just, it's, it's Fifty Cent versus Curtis Jackson. Mm. Curtis Jackson. Is everything you would love for for you know bring the juice to be? Yeah, he's 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 uh, the biggest uh, TV mogul there is right now. He'd signed the biggest deal ever with Stars after his show Power. Power is one of the best shows of all time. Black community absolutely worships it. It was I watched Power time, same time as Game of Thrones. So you know we see how that kind of split happened there. I uh, had black roommates. And I watched <laughs> Power. And bro. It's great. And it's great. Yeah, it's a great show. And he just tells the stories of 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 you know. Uh, navigating both of those waters, you know, using that brand, that personal brand to power the business side and then stepping into a boardroom and just going through his mindset of all the things that he's learned from the street. You know, right. like he tells a story about sitting in the boardroom and someone calls him a cocksucker. And he was like, if someone would have called me that back in the day, he wouldn't have, you know, had another breath after that. Shot his ass. Exactly. Uh-huh. And and, that, and now you got to learn that, like, in the boardroom, that's just a part of it. It's just negotiating. He's trying Crazy. to get his price up. Or he's trying to get his price down. So, like, hearing him from through his voice, that was an audio book, through his voice tell that story. Right. It just, like, it reminded me that if you're going to do something, right, especially if, like, a startup, the, the, the best startups solve big problems in a way that only they can solve them. Right. That's it. That's all. That's all of doing businesses. There's a problem that exists in the world. People need onions. Sure. And there's and the only the 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 best businesses. The reason why your family has been able to pass this on from generation and continue to grow is because you guys solved it in a way that was different and most likely better than anyone else that's out there. Right. Right. So that that's all business ever is. All and in 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 my business now, hearing fifty kind of talk about the perspective, just yeah. reminded me that like. There's, you know, one of our pilot customers right now is Nifty Hustle's estate, you know, wow. working with Black Sam and JP and Rock Nation to do this unbelievable deal uh, for the Proud to Pay movement. That's something that Nifty started uh, a decade ago. We just had a, a 10-year anniversary for it the other day. And I, I, I know in my heart that there's nobody else at the very tip of emerging technology who can go in and, and kick it with those guys the way we kick it and talk that language. Wow. and be that same bridge that you're trying to be with yeah. the Coors Light. I'm trying to be that same bridge between like the 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 most elite right, right. speakers and thinkers back to the culture. Right. Have you read, dude, there's this book. It's called Zero to One. Oh, of course. Peter Thiel. Dude, Love it. I'm, I'm, just, I'm getting those vibes from you. Times. Just in like, oh, yeah. it's it hits different and like it really changed my perspective. It changed my perspective yep. a little bit. on like, I don't, 
I realized I'm not that guy. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. I'm not. Because I believe there's an opening in our generation of guys don't want to put the work in. No. That's what I think. Yeah. So I I don't want to say you're trying to reinvent the wheel, but farm and audience has been happening since the caveman ages. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You could be the best, you could be the worst. It's it's strictly about outworking your competition for, for my situation. That's it. We got a formula, we're gonna keep good times going. I realized though that book wasn't accurate towards me because I was like, even this like podcast shit, it's like, dude, everyone wants to start a podcast. Everyone wants to be great. Everyone wants to do this. Everyone wants to have, everyone wants to go to Barstool or be the next Joe Rogan, whatever the fuck it is. And nobody will follow through with it. Everyone goes 17 episodes and they're like, yeah, you know, like I'm going to take a couple weeks off. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't release last week, but I'm releasing this week. Yeah. Dude, you don't, you can't build like that. Now, if you're a big name, yeah. if you're a huge name and you start off, you'll get some big momentum out of the gate. But it'll slowly trickle down if you aren't consistent. If you're consistent and just keep hammering it out. I I've seen guys who don't have even good podcasts with bad guests and are shitty interviewers that they just been doing it for four years and like they slowly start growing. Right. It happens. Right. But I guess back to the zero to one thing is do you think you fall in that category of going from zero to one? Absolutely. Are, that's that's yeah, that's that's any business, you know, the, the difference in the difference in podcasting. Uh, is, well, I'm not comparing us. No, 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 right. no. And I have my own podcast. Right. But for both of us, I think we look at it the same way. We both have our podcast in front of us. Our podcast can make us rich. Yeah. Our podcast can't make it's us... It's a vehicle. Our podcast can't make us wealthy. No. Our podcast can't turn on and make money while we're sleeping. Our podcasts don't... They only work when we show up there. We can build as many systems as you want. If you right. don't show up and, and have this conversation with me and you switch places with your video guy right now, and we try to have the same talk, it's not going to go to this depth because you are who you are. So that can make you rich if you continue to work on that. But zero to one, that book is about making you wealthy. That's right. about building something that that continues to operate, that someone else can come in and do it for you, and you right. can move up to this you know, board position and continue to, to make money off of that forever. Which, I mean, That's much honest. easier said than done, but like, sounds pretty good. Sounds great. <laughs> Sounds great. But that's 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 onions for you though. No, I you know. Build, you build an operation that it's you, my goal. you could you could you could you know hire a manager and not show up and and trust that that's going to continue to work because there's so many years that are there. Right. Do you need to get on the phone? Do you need to make sure that you're leading? Of course. But right. that business is going to operate whether you're here in Tennessee doing you know bring the juice or if you're sitting there you know, know. yelling in someone's ear. I think it definitely comes down to you got to have your shit together and. Being present as a boss, leader, et cetera, shows it weight. Because there's guys who are leaders that don't show up. They show up every once in a while. I have football coaches that wouldn't show up to practice till period 10, and they leave right after the yeah, little absolutely. speech. And you're like, that we lost. Yeah. Why? Because nobody, nobody freaking saw this guy. Nobody cares a shit. He's a yeah. CEO of a company. He wasn't a football coach. Right. I've seen the opposite. Guy gets out early, he's throwing, you know, he's he's catching snaps from our fucking long snappers. You're like, what, what's going on right now? Right, like, right, right. You see different forms of leadership throughout your life, and I think it correlates back to how success your company, team, whatever it might be, ultimately leads to. And, you know, I think, I mean, I mean, Deshaun, you're on, you're on the right track, brother. Like, I, I got nothing but respect for you, and I, I, hope, you, I hope you kill it. Thank Seriously. You. Appreciate it. If you need some onions, let me know. Dude, I, got, I want to come learn about onions. I, I want to get. I like to get my hands dirty. I grew up in in the inner city, but yeah. first thing we did when once I uh, got to the Browns was bought my parents a new place. Yeah, out the way. My parents, you know, live out in the yard. I I, I, I like to get my hands dirty. So not not only do I want you know? some onions, 
I want to go. Actually, I want to go. Come see go, it. I want to go feel the dirt. That's where come, the answers come, are. Come, come feel the dirt. I mean, I'm telling you, it's a, it is a unique dynamic in life where like the outside people, they just see it at the grocery store, and and that's no, that's nothing disrespectful to them at all. It just, it's just, it's what's all they know. So it's nothing bad. You come see the scale of like how it is, what it's like. I FaceTimed Mac yesterday, it was awesome. and I showed him. I was packing onions. I mean, it looks like fucking Willy Wonka's chocolate onions. It's it's a small river. It's it's whole new thing. Uh, anytime you want, Deshaun, please let me know. Absolutely. And I want to make sure you know we 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 plug between your podcast, your businesses, your brand. I, I'm a huge believer in Iron Sharpens Iron, and I think this podcast is probably one of the top five most like perspective podcast I've ever had in my fucking life to be honest yeah. left and right middle and back in and out yeah. hot hotter yeah. cold colder mountain dew doer I love all that shit yeah. man cores and corser <laughs> um, before I wrap it up because we got a flight to catch here in a few anything yeah. you want to Anything you want to say to bring to this nation? No, I appreciate it, man. I think yeah. that uh, this is just a, a, friendly, a friendly reminder that that the message you kind of had throughout this whole thing is that you know the answers are in the dirt. You gotta you gotta go get your hands dirty. You gotta Absolutely. show up and outwork people every day. Yeah, and that's that's always the the solution. There's no such thing as fast money. Yeah, you know, people see it turn pretty quickly, but literally, they know you've been you know working on that. And another thing, I want to come back to you just because if that's a message that continues to get out there, like I really pride myself of getting to this point, right? Because during college. As you mentioned before, as you're out networking, I was trying to build my brand then. So, so I, I remain relevant. I have those same connections because of the the the, the you know energy I left with that person when, when I talked seeds. to him back then. Exactly. Yeah. Most people think that they're allowed to be 24 because they're 24, allowed to be 18 because they're 18. You just got to be who you want to be later in life. You know, you right. never know who's watching. I love that. Oh yeah. If not you, then who? If not now, then when? When? Fuck. Iron sharpens iron. Get your piss off. Fire me up. Guys, Deshaun Kaiser, I could not be more fired up. Uh, check out all his social medias. We'll tag you and everything. Check out his pod, his businesses. I might I might have to make, uh, bring a juice. Let's go. You know, we, we might have to get like a little something going on. Let's go. I put some authentication so I can put a little, a little chip inside this. A huge chip guy. Fire me up. Get your piss out. Unsubscribe. Resubscribe. Do it all. Buy your merch. Merch is hot right now. Uh, get your piss hot. We will see you next week.